Hello and welcome back to the 12th episode of the Ali Kaki Disruptor with your host, Bennett Leon. And of course, we have the lovely Ashley Downing. Hello, hello. Perfect. And as well, we have Meg Thomas, very special guest today, uh, who has uh, 12 years experience when it comes to uh, our learning when it comes to uh, the Chinese people, culture, and their language, um, as well as a degree in international business to give us more of a uh, keen in-depth look when it comes to Chinese relations and the, uh, the dynamic that exists between being American and Chinese and, like I said, like that kind of dynamic between the two. Um, and in this episode, we have something super awesome lined up for you. So this is actually like a really <laughs> awesome, awesome topic um, about the Belt and Road Initiative uh, that is um, basically like the, the biggest infrastructure, like power move in uh, mod- like the entire like modern era. Um, and it's basically... It's basically uh, China trying to reinstitute their uh, their old Silk Road, um, and how they y- use that to transport their silk all throughout uh, Europe, and they used uh, they use that Silk Road that goes that used to go through other uh, nations, and they're trying to do the same thing, but on a international lo- on an international scale using seaports. Um, all types of uh, like modes of transportation, train, planes, you, you name it. They're, they're trying to uh, make themselves the trade hub of the world, um, which is a really interesting move to see them uh, to make them see them make, especially when they're spending uh, upwards of a trillion dollars on this this type of investment so super super interesting we're talking a meta kind of perspective here on uh in this issue uh but like i said if you guys are paying attention to what's really important you would know about this and you would uh you got to know uh how china is making their power moves and where we are we are not missing Um, out yeah exactly um so i'll leave it at that and let you enjoy the episode go back to um belt and road so like belt and road is basically going back to like the silk road is what they're kind of like alluding to uh the Mm -hmm. silk road that like existed in like ancient times um and this road was like it was basically like uh, all the roads like led to them right like uh, they were like the hub of like trade is is that right basically it was a road used for transportation to transport things from India um, through various countries all the way to China. So it was extremely long and very impressive. Yeah. Um, so they're basically trying to do the same thing. Uh, basically trying to replicate that um, that style of like uh, infrastructure between multiple countries and like that, that connection and that work that they, I think they're trying to like do what they do with their own nation and their own people with other nations and try to like use those like partnerships and stuff like that. But also by like funding those nations that typically the U S has shown um, not as much uh, frivolousness with their money uh, in the case of like investments and stuff and infrastructure. 
uh, to that magnitude, up, uh, up until now at least. Uh, but basically, yes, they're going to countries like uh, Kazakhstan, um, like or what's another one? Russia. 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 They're going like literally Malaysia. all these places all over the world. Like uh, I, I, mm-hmm. I can say like dozens probably. Um, and what they're doing is they're they're investing money. They're providing resources to these nations um, uh, for uh, them to build infrastructure to like be like to make China the center of uh, everything trade. Um, basically, try to make like the Amazon and uh, like the Amazon.com of like the world, and not just. Um, the United States, uh, and of course, this is just like a world power, uh, which is just a little more scary than that. When so basically, they're doing to other countries what we did to China. <laughs> uh, yeah. it, Touche. I mean, yeah. It's it's a type of power move. Definitely. If your country is so developed that you are able to outsource now your manufacturing, you have to have a certain type of society and be able to have a certain type of strong economy to be able to do that. Definitely. It's definitely a power move. Well, and and I think that it speaks really well of how their economy is doing, the fact that they can mm-hmm. afford to I mean, we here here keep, you know, keep keep jobs in in America, you know, bring back bring, you know, industry back here and mm-hmm. clearly they're doing well enough that they can afford to outsource. They can afford to not have all of these jobs in China. Right. I think as their um, human rights get better, they also are looking at the real how realistic it is to continue to have the amount of manufacturing that they do in China currently. Because once human rights gets better, pay goes higher, and then it's outsourced to other countries. So they're really getting a head start on these types of things and investing in that. Because I know for a fact that a lot of countries... Like United States is moving a lot of its manufacturing, not only due to coronavirus, but also because of all the laws that are now in China. They're moving a lot of their manufacturing to countries like Vietnam that, you know, they have cheaper wages and they're more of a developing nation than China is right now. So I think China's really getting a head start on it they're they're making a smart decision i think they are i think the belt and road is playing the long game i think they're playing the smart game i i think sure uh that the way that like so they're basically going at world dominance from a different angle like if you're looking at it from like a meta scale the u.s has chosen Mm -hmm. a different model the u.s has chosen the model of military dominance uh, China is choosing the model of uh, economic dominance, and I think mm-hmm. that that one will te- that will will stand the test of time, uh, only because uh, America only has so much money uh, to uh, and so much credit to be able to uh, to go to war. And I don't think, I mean, Americans are already not the world's favorite people. Um, so I, I feel like the the world will eventually wake up to the point that uh, to the realization that the American empire uh, is not only real, but uh, destructive uh, to mm-hmm. humanity at scale. I think that China is playing a really smart move right now because as, you know, Americans, I feel that we very much live in the now. 
And definitely, yes, we do look into things in the future, but how far do we look? We're very much about, you know, finding what's the solution right now, even with climate change. Exactly. We're looking at right now. <laughs> That's what I was just what's thinking. What's going on right now? We don't care about what is in 50 years, whereas China's like, okay, let's get a head start on this. We're going to have a whole, you know, timeline of how this is going to go down. They're, they're viewing it very, strate- like, strategically, whereas, I don't know, what's the U.S.'s plan for the next 25 years? How are we going to sustain the way that we are living it, right it's now? It's crazy because, like, the U.S., like, operates and, like, but it goes back to, like, a funk, like, there's a fundamental difference in the operations of both governments and countries to the mm-hmm. point where, like, the reason why China can do all those things and why they're so different is because mm-hmm. they have a different system. They operate in a different parliamentary system. It's an authoritarian mm-hmm. country. Things get done faster. Um, they build, Absolutely. like, bridges in, like, three days. And Wuhan, they built a hospital in, like, five days. It's insane. It is. It is. Um, absolutely crazy almost unheard of (laughs) i mean but that just that's props to them like they're doing they're obviously doing something right whether or not we want to hit on them for other reasons is our own bullshit exactly but they are doing something right um now i just wanted to do just like an overall uh like uh an actual like in-depth scope of like what belt and road the belt and road initiative actually uh how like far it extends um, and it is, it's basically like the most like ambitious infrastructure project in modern world history. Like the first time I heard about this, I recommend actually to watch this video. It's from Vox. Uh, they do this mm. video about, uh, it's called China's trillion dollar plan to dominate global trade. Um, and basically, uh, this plan spans three continents, covers almost 60% of the world's co- uh, population. And it's how China plans to become the next, the world's next uh, big superpower. Uh, it actually, it essentially has two parts. Um, the first is the economic belt. It's made up of six corridors that direct trade to and from China. These corridors include roads, railways, bridges, power plants, really anything that can make uh, it easier for Europe, uh, Asia, Africa to trade goods with China. The second part is the Maritime Silk Road. This is like the actual like really cool part. Uh, it's like a chain of seaports from the South China Sea to the Indian Ocean that direct maritime trade to and from China. Uh, the map they show you when they're like of oh, these ships and like the ports is like actually like so crazy. Um, and uh, what's actually really, really interesting is that uh, about this plan in particular is how they're using their money in ways that uh, traditional investors, foreign investors like the U.S. and other Western powers have been reluctant to. Um, mm. And uh, I'll go in detail on that. Um, so China is loaning, like I said, trillions of dollars to countries willing to host these projects. They promoted as a win-win for everybody. Many of the countries inv- uh, involved need new infrastructure and access to new markets, while China needs new projects for its growing construction industry. But many countries involved in the BRI are authoritarian, corrupt, and in conflict. Uh, risky places for China to invest money in. So that's why it's like, why are they doing that? It's because they'd rather do that. They'd Well, and they can afford to do that, obviously. Absolutely. I'm questioning why they are not giving the jobs to the people in their own countries currently. I know China has a deficit for jobs and 
people have to retire younger than they actually want to. So I'm confused as to, you know, why are they trying to outsource their business? Why aren't they trying to put jobs in China, keep jobs in China? Hmm. I personally... Do you th- Go ahead. I was just going to say, do you think that it's cheaper? It could potentially, but for... I think they just you know, need the cooperation. Okay. I mean, to it's just like a, it's like a okay. global, like they, it's a realization that they don't rule the world, you know, like they can't just put shit anywhere mm-hmm. they want, unfortunately. So, um, so yeah, um, they have to work with other uh, governments and powers to be able to do what they need to do. Uh, so you think they want to build the positive relationships? Yeah. And that's why they promote it as a win-win, even though they're risky investments. Okay. And what happens with these right. investments when they falter like sometimes these investments, like these countries cannot pay them back. And what happens when mm-hmm. you invest trilli- like hundreds of billions of dollars or uh, vast sums of money into a country that can't pay you back? They just take ownership of that land, of that property. So that, uh, right. that has happened. And uh, I believe, I think it's Nigeria or some other country like that on the coast of Africa. That, that uh, it happened to them where they... Uh, they agreed to the terms. They gave them like a, a shipping port, a giant shipping port. They couldn't pay them back, and the Chinese government took over, took it over. So now China owns a part in Africa. Essentially. Oh. Wow, that's interesting. That so is. You, it's, it could be, strategy to take over more territories. It's the long game. It's the long game. Okay, that's really interesting. That's a that's a really interesting approach because it makes me want to look into these contracts (laughs) right like what loopholes are they throwing in there i mean i'm sure that they would like to you know have positive relationships with these countries because yes it does benefit everyone win-win but also i don't think if it fails like give me your land (laughs) i don't think it's that crazy personally because um like that's a, that's what happens when you default in your mortgage, you get foreclosed on, mm-hmm. you get evicted. When you mm-hmm. don't pay your car, your car gets repoed. Right. When yeah, no, that makes a bill's sense. a bill, a debt is a debt, and if you can't pay, we take your shit. I mean, it's a lot more complex than that because you're talking about Na- nation laws. and shit. But I mean, that's still. I mean, it happens. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a very valid valid argument. Dope. Dope, dope, dope. All right. Any more comments on uh, Belton Road? I think this is a great place to wrap it up. Yeah. This was a great conversation. I definitely learned a lot. <laughs> I did too. I, it, it was That's why really I love talking intense. about I this loved, stuff. I love this conversation, guys. Honestly. Very cool. All right. But also, thanks again to Meg, our special guest, uh, for coming on and taking the hour out of her time uh, to talk about uh, China and their policies and her thoughts and to get uh, to use our energy for that. So thanks to teach us. Again. Thank yes, you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, share thanks the for having me, guys. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So we will see you. Uh, Ashley and I will see you on the next episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor. Thanks again for tuning in, and uh, once again, thanks for your support. Oh, really quick, Meg, do you want to give them your uh, any handle if they want to follow you? Yeah. So you can follow me at Meg. Thomas with two S's at the end on Instagram. Very nice. Okay. Sounds good. And then you can follow uh, Ashley at Ashley Disruptor and then myself at Ben the Disruptor on Twitter. Um, And there's also a Facebook page called the Oligarchy Disruptor Podcast. 
follow, please. And thanks again for your support. <laughs> and also, I'm going to keep doing this at the end of every single episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not forget to vote, guys. Rockthevote.com, the easiest place for you to go to. You can figure out you, if you're registered, what your status is, if you are newly registering. And then where's my fucking polling place.com super easy there's nothing on that website except for a place to put your address and then you click send and it brings you your polling place so do not forget to vote march 17th st patrick's day if you're in illinois <laughs> <laughs> okay sounds good all right well thanks again everybody and we will see you next time